Hallelujah. Praise his holy name. Glory to God. Well, his presence is so strong in this room. Hallelujah. And I wonder why. Because I want to speak to you this morning about his majesty. I want to speak to you about his presence. Hallelujah. I won't keep you long. Just a few more minutes. An invitation stands for all of us to become very acquainted with the Lord. Not a form of godliness, not just a simple change of lifestyle, but a reality. Something we say at Christmas, Emmanuel, and then January hits and we wonder what was written on a Christmas card, is it really a reality? God with us. Where is he in the night when we don't feel too good? Where is he in the school classroom, the college, when things aren't working out the way we thought they should? Where is he on the job when it seems like our world is falling apart? <clears throat> You know, I like to look at things, and I like to look at buildings, and I like to look at books, believe it or not. And I like to look at books in the past. So I walked into this hotel. It was a very beautiful, ornate hotel. And in the foyer of this hotel, there was a bookcase of sentimental belongings of people that stayed in that hotel great authors, celebrities, pictures, even their books. And uh, I saw this book. It was an old book, and it was about the jazz funerals in New Orleans. Probably not the best book, but it made me inquisitive because the title was The City of a Million Dreams. And it made me very inquisitive that I just spent a period of time taking a look at excerpts from it, why jazz was introduced into funerals and all of those different things. But I couldn't get away from the title, The City of a Million Dreams. And I kept asking myself, do I still have one dream? How many dreams do I, as a man, how many dreams do I still have? Yeah. And I asked myself a question, do you still dream, Paul? And in some areas I can say, yes, I do. But in other areas, you can say you're so in the fast lane that there's no time to dream anymore. You just spend in your life desperately trying to make the dream that you had a reality. And even though there's honor in making the dream come to pass, 
it still left me with a question. Do you still dream? Through the years, I've had many encounters, many moments with the Lord, many, many moments in his presence, too awing at time to even talk to it or talk about it. I would do it a grave injustice. But I even ask myself a question. I pray. I work. You all know I love God. But do I dream with him? Do I seek him? And I had this revelation momentarily that praying as we do is not seeking as we're ought to do. Because prayer is the work of God. Prayer is not the seeking of God. Hallelujah. How many people's glad you came today? I want you to shout it out. His presence changes everything. I would never have believed as a young man that I could have felt God the way that I do. Religion had presented God as exactly as that, God. But I didn't know the Father. And I didn't know that God was God of the Old Testament. He's still God. But when I gave my life to Jesus, I didn't get God of the Old Testament. I got the Father of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I learned through the years that I had nothing to fear from God. And that God wanted to be part of my life. I didn't know these things. I thought you just came and sang, heard a good message at church, prayed like fury. But I didn't know that God actually wanted to interact with me. I didn't know that an encounter was available to me. I thought there were just special people throughout history that had a moment with God, but for the most of us, we just go through life just trying the best we can to make it happen the best we can and always receive God by faith. But the longer I walked with God, I knew that this was not the case. I knew that he wanted to be felt. I knew that he wanted to be touched. I knew that he wanted me to seek him, to run after him, to pursue him. He just did not want my works. In our house, in our marriage, Carmel will tell you this, is that many times throughout the years, Karen's a pan walloper and a, a busy, a, just busy about the house. And I say, you know, 
We could pay somebody to do that. Well, she loves us. She's doing all this for us. And it's all works of love. But what I crave from her is her time, her attention, her presence, her wanting me. That's right. That's right. Not just washing my clothes. I can pay for that. It's a work of love. But I just don't need a work of love. I need love given to me through time. Hallelujah. We can pay for someone to clean the house. So if we spend all our lives just working at things, then when can we give ourselves just in love to each other without works. How are you all doing at the back? Are we doing all right? A.W. Pink said this, happy the soul that has been awed by a view of God's majesty. Have you sensed him? Do you sense him? Not in church when we sing a song like Praise You, but on your own, wherever you are. Well, that's just for you, Pastor Paul, because you're just kind of like that. No, not so. He will come to wherever he's invited. I'm going to say that again. He will come to wherever he's invited. He doesn't want just to be your work partner. He wants to be your father. And he wants me to be his son. And he doesn't always want, as a father and a son, us talking about the family business. He wants us to just have time that's not works. That's not about work. Hallelujah. That's good. That's so good. Revelation 4, let's go there. Verse 2. At once I came under the Holy Spirit's power, and behold, a throne stood in heaven with one seated on the throne. And he who sat there appeared like the crystalline brightness of jasper, and the fiery Sardis. And encircling the throne, there was a halo that looked like a rainbow of emerald. Verse 8, 5. Out from the throne came flashes of lightning and rumblings and peals of thunder. And in front of the throne, seven blazing torches burned, which are the seven spirits of God, the sevenfold Holy Spirit. And in front of the throne, there was also what looked like a transparent glassy sea, as if of crystal. And around the throne, in the center of each side of the throne, were four living creatures. And the four living creatures individually have six wings, were full of eyes all over, and within 
Underneath their wings, day and night, they never stop saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was, who is, and who is to come. Verse 10. The 24 elders, the members of the heavenly Sanhedrin, fall prostrate before him who is sitting on the throne and they worship him who lives forever and ever and they throw down their crowns before the throne crying out. Everybody say crying, crying out. out. That was good. Said again, crying, crying out. out. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a reality. This is not some cooked up idea by somebody. This is actually happening. Can I have a big amen? There is a throne of heaven that awaits every single one of us. There's an event that is coming very soon called the rapture of the church. Can I have a big amen? This is going down. The world is getting darker. The church is getting brighter. Come on, the world seems like it's getting stronger, but the kingdom is about to show its strength. You have to have your gaze fixed on the Lord. No matter what's going on, you keep your eyes on the Lord. You fill yourself with the heavenly gaze. You keep your eyes fixed on that which is above. You set your mind on that because all of this is about to shift. Everybody say shift. It's about to shift. Come on, give me a good shift. It's about to shift. Worthy are you, O Lord and God, to receive the glory and the honor and dominion. For you created all things and by your will they were brought into being and were created. We stand and are seated in this auditorium because of him. Everything that was not seen made this. You were here, here as a result of that which was not seen. In all your works, are nothing. If you don't know him. Paul said after 30 years. Oh that I would know him. He spent all that time studying. Knew the Torah. Knew the Bible better than probably any other living man on the face of the earth. He gets born again miraculously, knocked off his horse on the road to Damascus. And after 30 years, he still comes up with this passion. Oh, that I would know him. He had an encounter with them on the road. And still he says, oh, that I would know him. I want you to say that right now. Oh, that I would know him. I know this, I know that. But do you know the Christ? Do you know Jesus? Do you know the Holy Spirit of God? Are you actively in this time pursuing 
God the Father in the name of Jesus are you actively engaged daily pursuing and seeking the face of God are you hungry or do you go through the motions of just prayer and reading and and uh, and uh, you know speaking scriptures or is there a passion in your spirit for the Father I need you as the deer pants for the water so my soul longeth and hungereth after you come on are there any believers in this room you might think that I am extreme but what's happening happening in this world is extreme right now. It is extremely bad. It is extremely dangerous. I've never felt what I felt in the city of New Orleans going all of these years. This is the first time in, in all these years of going to the city of New Orleans that I did not feel safe. Even with the blood, even with the protection, all of those different things, there were a few things that made me go tilt and question. It used to be that the bad things that happened in cities stayed in certain areas of cities. It didn't come to my neighborhood. It didn't come to my life in suburbia. It doesn't come to me. It's in other cities. But yet, the stats are there screaming at us. It's on its way to your house. Anarchy. I want you to lift up your voice. It's not coming to my street. But without the church walking like I'm encouraging you today, without you knowing him like I'm encouraging you today, then you can't even pray the way that I know to pray without the power and confidence to know to pray that way. It's like just showing up to work for your boss. And yet there's no relationship with him or her. God wants a relationship. He wants your works. We got to be about the Father's business. We got to get kingdom things done. But he wants more than your works. Yes. He wants your love. Yes. He wants your attention. Yes. He wants your words. I want so desperately. I am words of affirmation. Know yourself. I am time. I don't care if we're doing nothing. Even for Karen to sit with me. Even if she's bored, just sitting with me. You say you have a very high expectation of your wife. No, it's vice versa. But if all we do is just spend our lives just working and working for God and working and now we're praying and, uh, and now we're... And we, we never have just time in each other's presence. That's right. Come on, that's so good. Thank you, Lord. This is good. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Then this relationship becomes estranged. And it's now a marriage of works. Who love each other, 
and not a marriage of love who enjoys each other's presence for the sake of just being together. This is very doable. This is very doable. It doesn't take a lot of work, but it means so much that we can work better together with this. Yes. <laughs> See what she did there? The old stroke of the eyebrow. That, that, that means more than me, than a diamond. You have, you have no idea what I'm talking about. When I say that, it, that means more to me than gold and silver. You can bring me a gift, but Karen will tell you this, my family will tell you this, there's nothing more precious to me than just time. I don't need to be the one that's talking, I love to hear everybody else chirping. How many people understand what I'm talking about? The noise in the background. Anyway. Yes, it's good. And we must not forget this with the Father. He just likes to be able to hang around. And not always think that he's at work when he comes to your house. Is this okay? Father doesn't want to always feel like he's at work when he shows up to Cindy Hansen's. He could be there just with a gift for you. And oh, while you're here, Father, we need to talk about it. No, we don't need to talk about that. Another time. Let's open the gift. So we need to know timings. Married after 31 years, you get to know when is a good time to talk and when's not a good time to talk. That's why we've lasted 31 years. How many people would give us that one? There are times. But our lives are so busy and our lives are so stressed that work always takes precedence, naturally and, unfortunately, spiritually. Hallelujah. First Chronicles 29.11. You doing okay? Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty for all that is in the heavens and the earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and yours it is to be exalted and head over all. Psalm 29, verse 4, the voice of the Lord is powerful. 
The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. Another translation says this, his voice explodes in great power over the earth. His voice is both regal and grand. Psalm 93.1, the Lord reigns. He is clothed with majesty and splendor. The Lord has clothed and encircled himself with strength. The world is firmly established. It cannot be moved. Well, that's good. So now, if I just want to spend time with the Father for a little time without making sure the earth is not moving, I can do it because, look, it cannot be moved. So me taking time out to enjoy my Father and not just working for my Father. Leonard Ravenhill said this, Satan fools and feigns, blows and bluffs, and we so often take his threats to heart and forget the exceeding greatness of God's power towards us. That's good. That's good. We are so busy on the defense and the offense and about it. But what about his presence. What about just time with the Father? Have you ever come to the Father and just says, I'm not here looking anything. I'm just simply here to love you. Thank you, Father. Thank you for what you've done. Thank you, Father. Regular conversation. Father, a funny thing happened to me today. Maybe you can help me with that. That's normal family conversation around the dinner table. There's nothing as a father that I love to hear more than what my kids have been doing today. The other night, Jeremy will come in from camp we're tired from travel. The other day we were tired of all those different things. But you know what? She hopped up on the couch in the hotel room and got into a big conversation. And I sat there just gleeful. And I didn't care what was going on right there. I didn't care if I was going to be late to the meeting or not. I was going to hear everything and I ooed and add on the other side of the couch. Really? Wow. And I meant every word of it. The thought that my daughter wanted to take time with her father and tell her, him about her adventures, her experience. And dad. You know the reason she wants to do those things? It's because I've made room for those things. I've made room for her. I'll get her to sleep every night except a few. Because that time is our time. And nothing, or very seldom ever stops it. 
clear over this place. The presence of the Father. The presence of God. You have not because you ask not or you ask amiss. God is not just your provider. He is your Father. Hallelujah. Judges 5.5. 5. The mountains quaked at the presence of the Lord. Yes, yonder Sinai at the presence of the Lord, the God of Israel. I declare over you a revelation. God's presence surpasses all. God reveals his omnipotence, his omniscience. Nothing can stand against his presence. You don't just work for him. You're just not his son and daughter. He is your father. And we're going to be with him for eternity. So do you know what I would say, a word to the wise? I would get to know him before you stand face to face with him. So that you'll not stand there as an employee, but you'll stand there as a member of the family. You are not going to heaven as an employee. You are going to heaven as family. This is my family. The Father, the Father of lights, James 1:17, in whom all good things come to us, and in whom there is no variance or shadow of turning. We can trust him. His word is his bond. He does not exaggerate. He does not embellish. It is exactly how it is. We can trust him. Yes. He does not relay things skewed by emotional differences. He tells it exactly how it is. We can trust him. So in a discussion with the Father, Father, tell me how it really is. We're not going to get his embellishment. We're not going to get his emotional runoff. We're going to get it fair square in the eye. This is how it is. And you know, when you live like this, then he will want to talk to you about things that he only wants to discuss with those who are interested. I'm going to finish. I know I've kept you. So back at this stage, these young people, this is your time. This is your time to know him like what I'm talking about because at the age of seven, I had an encounter with the Lord. My body went like it was electric. At 16, I had the same encounter. And at the age of 25, 26, I had exactly the same encounter. All three encounters identical. And all three encounters was me acknowledging him as my father and Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Three distinct times 
yet each time was exactly the same. Different places, different age, but the same. God desires you. But if you get to know him as the Father, run to me. And I will show you. If you run, you won't grow weary. If you walk with me, you'll not faint. And if you spend time with me, I will cause you to mount up on wings as eagles. And it will not be your strength, it will be it won't be just your energy to do my work. It will be my power and my love that will fuel you to accomplish what it is I sent you here to fulfill. Yeah.